everyone. Welcome to Caffeine Confessionals. Uh, this is our first podcast. Uh, my name is Alan Aguirre. You might know my challenge articles or my face. Uh, this is my co-host, editor, copywriter, author of the only book I bought this year, The Anxiety Diaries, Miss Nikki Sin. Hi. How's it going? It is cold in California uh, because of COVID. I haven't gotten a haircut in 11 months. Uh, it is, it's been quite a time. And, you know, people are like, oh, why don't you just shave your head? Why don't you just shave your head? Uh, when I was in the 11th grade, I decided to uh, Pedro it, like from Napoleon Dynamite, and shave my head. Only shaved, like, the smallest part right here, then combed all my hair over it out of fear at the last second. Because I was like, no, I, I can't do this. And after that day, I decided she's not going to shave my head. Also, it's not like I'm going anywhere. So this long hair, it's here for the ride. Yeah, you know what? Embrace it. Yeah, I'm it's been... like a pony. My little pony just. No, yeah, I, I do a lot of headband type stuff where it's just crazy up and stuff like that. Especially, you know, especially when working out, doing yoga. Man, you you get into a certain pose and then all your hair just flops into the middle of your face and it's getting into your mouth. It's the worst. Well, you've got you'll get that like challenge uh, survivor look. Yeah. Reason, oh yeah. Just... Oh, I I need I need a buff. I need buff. Or like Big Brother, like immediately they're like, boom, yep, headband. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if all right, Cody so... and Polly were born with them, but it looked like it. Oh, definitely. They came out the womb in headbands. Yeah. Oh, so apologies, guys, that we just started our first new podcast and we just immediately went into rambling like that. But <laughs> that's the experience. That's what you're gonna get out of us. Uh, I'll say this: that when I first started writing about the challenge. Uh, it wasn't because I wanted to write about the challenge necessarily. It was I just had a lot of opinions, I had a lot of thoughts, had a lot of jokes that I wanted to say, and the challenge was kind of a vehicle for it. And along the way, a lot of people liked it. And that made me happy because for once, I was giving my opinions and people were listening. How about you, Nikki? Um, I just like talking. Also, I'm like, I was like raised on reality TV. Um, I didn't get it so much as the Americans did. Um, for listeners that don't know, I am Canadian. I live in Toronto, Ontario. So everything that I saw was on like MTV Canada. But like, yeah, I, like we have we have like Survivor Night at my house. You know, we have Big Brother mm -hmm. Night. We have Challenge Night. It's it's a big deal. Like we we make a dinner. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. huge because. I'm such a, like, my family doesn't even know that I watch reality TV that much. Like, they just know I just, like, maybe do stuff and write stuff. Because I, I don't really tell them about it because they're not interested and they don't want to know. So, to me, this reality TV stuff, like, being able to share it into the social media world and having all these social media friends and readers, it's been wild. It's been cool because I get to share something with them. Uh, recently, I got a friend into Survivor, and he's watched a few seasons, and he'll message me about it, and it's opened up my world, because having someone who, in your real life, wants to watch a reality show, it's been crazy for me. It's been awesome. It's so crazy when I find out that, like, my friends watch the challenge. I think I have maybe, like, two or three friends that actually watch it, but they're like, wait, you watch the show? I'm like, dude, I interview these people. This is all that I talk about. Like, like everybody's like, oh, the Christmas season's here. I can't wait. I'm like, no, it's challenge season. Yeah, I had, I, I was in an academic field competition, and in that competition, there was this guy from Utah who I, I viewed very highly because he was, like, 
they don't really have a lot of top competitors out in Utah, but he was just elite. And I was just like, man, this guy, if he was able to figure out how to be this good at this competition by himself with no support, I can do that here in California with all this support where the competition level is very high. And I messaged him one day and he's like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool because he was in like actually the same Harry Potter group as I was. And he's like, all right. And then one day I get a message from him. He's like, wait, do you write about the challenge? He's like, I just saw your tweets and your articles. And he and I have become pretty good friends since then. And it's one of those wild things where this guy I looked up to, he's like, now he reads my articles. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah. Uh, Also, for people who don't know, this channel, the goal of it is that we are going to be putting out a podcast once a week during the season. We're going to probably recap every episode. Uh, On top of that, I'm just going to be putting up content to supplement my articles. Uh, You're going to get some fun stuff on there. Uh, just really good, quick stuff. And I think as a whole, our goal is to cover more than the challenge as well. I think I think we're going to want to talk about Big Brother. We're going to want to talk about Survivor. We're going to want to talk about... I mean, do you watch MasterChef? I love some MasterChef. Um, I love to pretend that I'm on MasterChef. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I only say that because lately I've been getting a bunch of MasterChef recommendations in my feed. And... At one point, MTV was even sending me MasterChef episodes early that I wasn't watching, like the production company. And one day they sent me the email, like, hey, are you watching these? And I was like, no, but that show is fantastic. That show is fantastic. I mean, I love watching people cook food. I'm a a Jordy Shore gal. That's why I'm like a Kyle stan. That's right. I'm admitting I'm a Kyle stan. No, I've watched a few of the X on the Beach UKs. And they just, they, I can't watch the American version anymore because the UK version just blows it out of the water. So much better. They were like built for that, that drama. I, my thing with American television is that there's just a real, there's a real lack of oral sex in reality TV shows that just isn't realistic with real life. Like, I don't, I don't know about this, but in real life, there's a lot of oral sex, especially between people just hooking up casually. And you never see that in the challenge. You just never see it that much. Well, except for Leroy and Naya. And even then, that was like <laughs> a like, allegedly bathroom. Yeah, allegedly type stuff. So as a whole, we need more oral sex and TV in 2020. That, yeah, that's my it's, dream. It's, it's more realistic. I don't know if COVID is really, that's the best time for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure COVID was the least disease worry on some of these challenges. All right. For this episode, we are going to be talking about who are our least favorite challenge people to interview and our favorite. Uh, Next week, you can expect us to be putting out like a cast type breakdown, like a power ranking type stuff. But for our first episode, we didn't want to do that because we want to just show you who we are and just give us a little insight into our experience. Uh, How long have you been interviewing people from the challenge? Uh, For the past five Five years now. Yeah, since like 2015. The first person that I interviewed was uh, Zach. Zach Nichols. I know when I first started writing about the challenge as interviewing people, I would do research and I would read your interviews. Really? Oh. Yeah. There were insights I got from there and I would be like, I'd steal them and put them for my articles. Like, it's like, where did you find this? Like, I found it from this article. I started doing it three years ago, the summer of 2017, and that's when I was just like first starting writing, and I would I would slide into every competitor's DMs 
being like, hey, could I, could I, you know, can I get an interview? Could I do this? Could I do that? And it was from the bottom of real world to like the top of the challenge. I was sending those DMs, and it was always the people from the bottom who would reply. I think that's. But expected. like that's the way that you have to do it. It's like. Yeah, that's how that's how you build up the ranks. I, the, so the way that I like like blast out emails be like hey i'd love to like interview your client or like interview you for my website it's just like i have no shame when i'm asking i wish i had this sort of confidence like i was like hitting on somebody at a bar or like you know applying for a job but i'm like i'm like hey barack obama you want to come on the nikisin.com and be on tmi tuesday like <laughs> I, I wish i had that like the same confidence that i'm like as soon as i get that to like contact info i'm like or I'll like send them a, I don't know, like a Snapchat or like a TikTok. Yeah, I feel that. On it. I'm like, hey, love to have I, you. On I think TikTok. as as I get older, I'm I'm not the type of person just to jump in someone's DM like that. At the same time, I do have a level of confidence now with the amount of interviews that I've done. Like yeah. for me, for me at this point, like I, I have a working relationship with MTV at points where they will set up interviews for me, and because of that, you know, I, I've interviewed almost every big name on the challenge at this point. And it's it's almost made me a bit too confident in myself at times, but you know, there's, when people are like, who, who excites you on the show? I'm like, nobody, because I've heard from almost all of them at this point. Or the ones I haven't heard from, I've either declined or they don't want to talk to me either. Because I mean, do you want to interview Jenna Compono? Compano? I don't know what her last name's pronounced. Uh, and I've written so many bad things about Jenna over the years that I just did not feel the need to interview her. So they asked me, and I was like, hey, I'm going to respectfully decline, especially because I wanted to, in some ways, respect her and Dak's relationship because I bagged on it for four years now. Uh, you mean because I... So for me, because Zach was my first MTV interview, I've always been like, okay, you know what? I like I always give Zach a lot of uh, a lot of slack. I'm like, you know what? He's just really competitive, or he's just he's really he's focused, he's ambitious. And then the more I like rewatch seasons, and the more I see him, I'm like you are verbally abusive. I don't like this. It's so, rough. I mean, because I, I like to hype my interviewees up because in my opinion, when you're really nice to your interview, like who you're interviewing, they will give you more. They will give you more tea, yeah. more hot takes because they'll just feel more comfortable. Their juices get flowing and they just get a little bit more wild. They'll, they'll, they'll shoot from the hip. Whereas if you're a little combative, they'll just shut down right there for the interview and they'll just close themselves off and they won't give you anything good. And it's sort of like... I don't, I, I can get the vibe from them based on uh, how they try to portray themselves on screen, but whether I'd, I I want to have a chat with them. Like, there's some people that I feel like I, I probably couldn't have, like, a genuine interview with. Like, I, I don't think I could talk to, like, Joss. Just, like, I'd be like, you're just very pretty. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, I it was huge for me, because... Uh, I interviewed Wes, and Wes is, like, my challenge, like, like icon. Because I think he's, like, the most important player ever because he always makes the show interesting. Regardless of how you, like, dislike him or like him, he makes the show better. Uh, and 
I talked to him for 80 minutes and it was, you know, a dream come true as a fan. But as an interviewer, I'm transcribing my interviews when they're on the call, when they're on calls, because I didn't have a podcast before where I could bring people on. They could just hear it. So I'm transcribing it and he's talking for 80 minutes and, you know, a 15 minute transcription takes like an hour or two. An 80 minute transcription takes like, because the more time and like a, like a, a transcription goes, it mentally breaks you. It's almost like running. Like you could yeah. run a mile like pretty quickly, but you can't run 10 miles really quickly at times. I mean, some people can, but it just, it just buries you really quickly. And so it was one of the best phone calls of my life, but from a transcription such interview point of view, it was terrible. I mean, the article itself was like, I think a 22 minute read with like 5,000 words and 30 minutes excluded out of it. <laughs> it's, and, and sometimes, um, like, transcribing from phone interviews or, like, Skype interviews, it's it gets difficult when you're, like, re-listening to a part that you were, like, squeamish about or, like, <laughs> felt, like, you can feel the feelings again. I'm like, oh, I'm awkward again. Like, I interviewed Chingy, the rapper. Oh, wow. I know, Childhood Holler, Crush. Holiday Inn. Oh. George Lopez show. <laughs> Banger tracks. But yeah. he, he started, I was like, oh, like, one of my, a regular question that I ask, um, because the segment's called TMI Tuesday, I'm like, uh, since today's TMI Tuesday, can you tell the reader something about you that they might not already know? And he's like, oh, I'm really into, like, Egyptology. I'm like, what? you what? You're into <laughs> what? Egypt <laughs> Egyptology. I, I am not a poker player, but let me tell you. I had to figure out some sort of poker face to be like, okay, you're not. Oh, all right. Yo, Chingy was bringing heat to that interview that you just weren't expecting. That was just. I know, I wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't ready for so, that tuck he was laying down. We're going to talk about our three best interviews and our worst. But so to start off, what was your third best? My third best. Um, I'm going to say. Uh, Challenge Bloodlines, Candace. Leroy's cousin, Blue. Yeah. I know. She didn't... I I felt awful that she, like, got DQ'd. She broke her toe. If any, if, if, if you remember. Uh, I do, yeah. A little incident breaking her toe, and so she couldn't continue to compete. Which sucked. But she had so much heart, and she was, like, when I did the interview with her, she was so sweet. And she was just excited to talk about her experience. She wasn't like, I find a lot yeah, of people like get brought on or like immediately are like, yeah, I'm on MTV. I'm on MTV. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a TV star. <laughs> she was just like, yeah. I, I always feel bad for the people who pretty obviously aren't going to get recast, but just have so much passion for the show. Because, okay. I mean, on the one hand, they did get to live, like, their dream. And on the other hand, you have to somewhat understand where you are, you know, in the MTV pecking order. Along with that, that's complete BS. Because if you really want something, you should go out there and try and get it however you can. So, at the end of the day, you could achieve your dreams. You're still going to get clown for it on Twitter, but... Uh, yeah, by us. Try. I mean, at least they can say they tried. At least they can say they tried to, you know, keep their bat, you know, 
try to maintain that status on the show. Yeah, she was super sweet, though, and, like, I still talk to her. She just bought a copy of my book, which I was, like, and she, like, messaged me. She's, like, dude, I just got this great. I was, like, oh, my, thank you. I love that. That's fantastic. Oh, my God. Candace just raised, got raised, like, so many levels in my book. Yeah, I would love to see her come back. Raise her in my book. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see her come back because I feel like, um, Leroy is just, like, linked to either Bananas or, like, Nani or girls he hooks up with. Yeah, for sure. I think it would be kind of cool to see, like, something that he has from outside. Or, like, bring back old Mike Mike, you know? Yeah. I I don't think Mike Mike wants to come back, but that would be fun. It would be fun to bring some people back. Uh, My third best interview was Devin. From, Devin Walker. Yeah, Devin Walker. And it's actually a really funny story because I had DM'd him like three times. Like once was like, hey, would you want to like, could I interview you? And then a second time, a couple months later, any chance I could interview you? And then the third time, like last time I'm going to send this message, uh, just but I got to shoot my shot. Could I interview you? And the funny thing is uh, most people who don't reply to you, they don't have their read receipts on. He had his read, rec- read receipts on every time. So I'm seeing that I'm being left on re- unread. <laughs> and, but, like, for me, it's one of those things where I said, like, I'm going to take this shot because, you know, he was hot after a certain point, like, you know, feuding with Bananas uh, after winning the Are You the One show. You know, people wanted to read about him, so I wanted to write about it. And then one day after the Bananas and Elimination, I think that week, uh, I was sitting in a college class. It was a four-hour class. I was half an hour in. And I get an email from MTV. Yeah, you go a week for four hours. That's how it works. Uh, you get so that way you don't have to go all week, but you just you really mentally endure that four hour class. I think I did that in high uh, school. I... <laughs> no, and I get an email while I'm in class from MTV. It's like, hey, could you interview Devin half an hour? And because I was supposed to be at school that day, I had like a meal prep dish a big jug of water. I grab my stuff. I grab my bag and I, I like, I close my laptop and I walk out of the classroom and it's half an hour in. So there's another three hours in this class. I go to my car. I drive to like a Wendy's like 15 minutes away. And, and I just do the interview in their parking lot. I and love it was that. one of the best, it was one of the best interviews ever because he was drunk <laughs> and like, but he was a competent drunk and that he was just shooting from the hip saying some wild, I mean, saying some wild stuff that I had to just leave off the air. And then some I actually put in the article, but it was just fantastic. That was just oh, I love when they I love when they say things they they shouldn't say. I interviewed uh, Anthony from Are You the One, and then he was on Invasion. Yeah, he. I was like, oh, TMI Tuesday. Like, what's something people might not know about you? He's like, I'm really good with my tongue. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. He's shooting. He was shooting his shot. Cool, <laughs> and that. But then it's funny because. Uh, Maybe, like, two or three years later, like, he emailed me and was like, hey, do you mind just, like, taking that part out? Because I'm a real estate agent now, and, like, when you Google my name, like, our interview comes up, and I don't really want people to see that. I'm like, you know that if you Google your name and, like, you could watch a whole show where you're acting a certain way? That takes a little bit more work. You need cable. You need the cable access. Yeah, I was like, all Uh, right. I will say that I'm I'm actually really conscious of that now because there was a point in time where whenever I would mention 
Big Easy dying in the Gauntlet Three final, I would or just Big Easy in general, I would put R.I.P. Big Easy, like you know, oh. and I got at least five or six DMs over the years. Like, when did Big Easy die? And like, there are people who legitimately thought like like those are just the people who messaged me who thought Big Easy died. There's probably like thirty people out there who just thought he died. And when I met him in Challenge Media Nationals, like, hey, man, I apologize, because, like, if you Google your name, my articles come up, and it, they say you're dead, but I'm like, just, just make a joke. And, you know, I think you're a good person. I'm glad you lost this weight. And he was like, I don't know anything about that. And it was just, all right, uh, cool. All right. <laughs> no, like, it was, I don't know anything about that, but now I hate you. But it is one of those moments where, like, my ego got too high and was immediately taken down. But then I was like, no, never mind. That was just Big Easy. Who cares? No, I... I don't know what Devin saw on him. <laughs> He's tall. I mean, tall men have gotten away a lot with this world. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, one tall man that can get away with anything, Pete Davidson. If you're listening, yeah. him, just let you know. You can get away with whatever you want, especially with me. <laughs> Shut. <laughs> Who's your second best interview? Um, my second best interview was Marie Marie Rota. She was she was so fun and it was so like natural just to talk to her. Um, I mean, lately I have I have conflicting political opinions with her. <laughs> um, as I know that she's not, she's not an open Trump supporter, and nobody quote me on this. She she just agrees with um, Trump's views on the economy, I believe. Yeah, uh, I think she comes from a conservative. Family. I'm not. I'm not just conjecturing, but yeah, I mean, her tweets have been a bit suspect for someone who is very liberal. I mean, like myself, I like to call myself a closet liberal uh, because. Uh, I, I'm liberal on the outside, but like I'm very hardcore liberal in the closet <laughs> because it's, it's you don't want to be the guy who like dampers people's fun. Like, hey guys, that's socially not correct. Can't make that type of joke anymore in 2020. And especially because like my readership is like a lot. It's very male oriented because I'm a very objective sports type of guy, and that attracts a lot of you know dudish bro guys. And yeah. They'll put in comments and replies to people like that'll be like such shaming girl. They're like, that's kind of not cool, man. I'm just out here trying also, to be a good person. Don't slut shame. Yeah, it's it's pretty simple. Slut fame it. Yeah. It's a walk of shame. It's a walk of fame. Don't slut shame. Moral it's walk, sex it's in 2020. Thank you. Moral. Sorry, mom. I know she could probably hear me. And I agree. I I interviewed Marie four times, maybe three. I interviewed her after Invasion. I interviewed her for Dirty 30. And then we had an interview about Pizzagate, where I only asked her questions about pizza. And then MTV set up an interview with us. And I'll be honest with you, this was when I was dumb. And I mean, I'm still dumb today, but I didn't have my recorder on. Oh, because no. my my no my brain was like yeah I'm a smart guy I'll remember everything she says no nope. and I think I might have misquoted her and also she her interview answers were a bit problematic at times 
in that she was going to create a lot of enemies with some of her answers and she was getting inundated with Twitter hate. And I, in that moment, I, I think I may have like, you know, cleaned up her answers a little bit to make it a little bit more fair so she wouldn't get inundated with hate on Twitter. That was just wrong. That was just wrong by me because uh, I skewered her words. But at the same time, you know, she was kind of, I mean, she wasn't happy about it either. But, uh, you know, I, I was always a fan of her. And I, I just, it was not, it's not a good interaction as a whole. And, I mean, I apologize for that. I've apologized to her multiple times. But, yeah, that was the experience with I was uh, I was watching Battle of the Seasons the other day, and I was putting it on my Instagram stories. This is it's me filming it, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, cool. Uh, yeah. So I and Marie saw it. And she's like, oh, it was the scene where she like pushes Sam. Which like, yeah. okay, she didn't push Sam. She pushed Derek technically. Yeah, that, that, that's that's Derek and Rob's face. Mm-hmm. And I no blame on that part. Uh, Sam was hell annoying anyways so I probably would have pushed her too I... but the the potter that she got pushed into had more personality than Sam did <coughs> didn't didn't like her um, but <laughs> Marie messaged me she's like oh she's like I think the next episode is when I'm like you are what you eat <laughs> And I was like, perfect. And then, of course, like, Nani and Frank are, are fighting. And this is, it should be known that this is a, this this podcast, this the show is a Nani, Nani safe zone, right? Like, we love yeah, Nani. Yeah, 1,000%. Okay, good. Yeah. Just letting everyone know. Our Lord and Savior, so, Nani. We stand. Yeah. I just, there's, I don't understand hating on Nani because she's just so human, personally. Thank you. So my second best interview was Cara Maria. And this was a text-based interview where I would send the questions in a Q&A format and they would send their text responses. And that was before I was, you know, I was too chicken to do phone interviews back then. And her and I had a really good relationship because I would write articles really hyping her up and like, you know, treating her like the messiah that her cult does now. And so she agreed to do the interview after her vendettas win. And the girl put in so much thought into her answers. And they were long, really well written answers too. And she's actually, that, that was the thing that was like shocking is that she's like, not shocking, but she's hyper intelligent. She was giving good because other people will like send short responses or the ones that do give longer responses. They're very grammatically incorrect, tons of type. I mean, I shouldn't yep. be talking. I'm dyslexic. But Kara's were well thought out, really thankful, and just just showed that she actually had a brain, which was crazy because you don't see that a lot from people on the challenge. No, they don't really yeah. give them like a, an intelligence edit. Yeah. On top of that, like... As I mentioned before, when you do the phone interviews, you can get more out of them. When you do the text interviews, they can close off whatever. They, they, they're like, should I put this in? No, I'm taking this out. Yeah, I do a lot of text interviews because of like time zone differences. Yeah, and that, that, that was my thought process too with it, where I was like, hey, uh, 
could you like you know so that way you can get back to me on your time but a lot of these reality stars they just never want to write anything they don't want to write anything in their life because they stopped writing in the second grade and it's just it's a big ask them it's it's really frustrating sometimes to get the answers i'm like can you just type them out you're sitting on your phone all right so who is (laughs) yeah who is your worst interview oh my god Nicole I think that was my worst one. I interviewed her before she was on the challenge. I interviewed her right after her season of the real world skeletons. Um, she was just, she was really like brash and was not, I don't know. She was, she was rude. I thought she was rude. Um, I, I think I, I said that she was a paramedic or a, uh, and she was like, I'm an emergency response worker. I'm like, I apologize I that I mixed that up. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Shit. She's like, one of the only cast members that hasn't, like, when I would tweet about it, I'm like, oh, I did this interview with Nicole. Like, you should check it out. Didn't, didn't like the tweet. Didn't retweet it. I was like, do you want anyone to know that this exists? <laughs> and then... And then it's, the minute she gets on like invasion starts annoying me on the screen anyway so i'm like perfect i'm already over this and then yeah this a lot of people a lot of people don't like her and i don't like her but i did not inundate her with hate i did not flood her with hate like other people were on twitter making fun of her and i've been blocked on twitter by her for years and i don't even know why Maybe I made fun of the fact that she couldn't do a puzzle, but she couldn't do a puzzle. And because no. of that, she blocked me on Twitter. Her and Corey trying to do like a Kinder Surprise toy fucking puzzle. They wanted, like, to, they wanted to grab it. Like, can we carry the puzzle? Can we carry the puzzle with us? Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I don't give her... I feel like a lot of the hate that she gets um, is a lot of the similar hate that Jenny gets. Jenny West. Uh, where they're like, oh, she looks like really manly. I'm like, I I don't think that's a fair hate to throw out. Yeah, I don't I don't like any hate like that. My my thing is that it's just her overall personality, just her vibe, I, her voice. I find her annoying. Black. I find her annoying. I I absolutely this is not a person that if I were interacting with them, like say I were in the challenge house or I was in a real world house with her, I we would not vibe. No. Absolutely not. I no. I'd just be like pounding back shots with Tony or something. I I couldn't. That's not for me. She's very. Uh, and then like X on the Peak, she was too much. And how dare you hurt my girl? Yeah, she's just flat out toxic. She's like, oh, I'm such a player. I'm like, that's not a good thing. <laughs> People don't like that. That's not a bragging thing. Yeah. Well, I my. Don't... Was your worst? My worst interview, okay, so just a side story, was that Violetta Millerman from Real World Skeletons, I'm not counting her in this because she was never on the challenge, but for, when I, when I was rising up the ranks really early on, I was like, hey, do you want to do an interview? And she's like, okay. And she, like, I gave her the questions, and she was like, and then she said the response, like, all right, later. And it was just hilarious because, like, it was almost like, I was like, hey, do you want to do this interview? She's like, 
not only am I going to give you an interview, but it's going to be so bad you never want to ask me again. <laughs> like, that's how I felt the vibe was. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy she did it. The article actually got a decent amount of clicks, but even people, like, replying to the article, like, she does not sound like she was having a good time. <laughs> she was like, she I was wasn't. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm just out here like, this was the easiest and the worst interview to ever do in my life because oh. she, like, said, she just did it, like, without even like showing any like care about it and it was i love it i it, it was so hilarious that it was it was bad but it was a, it was it was such a good type of bad it was such a unique experience and the actual worst for me is emily's from really? yeah yeah so i was told that i was going to interview ct bananas and emily following their win on chance versus stars 2 right Bananas was on TRL, so he was not in the that interview because he was on TRL. And then CT's kid's birthday was going on. All right. So CT was, like, only in there for, like, five minutes. And all my questions were written for CT and Bananas. I had, like, two Emily questions. And so I'm just sitting there on the phone, and I was like, so you like doing push-ups? Is that what you like to do? And... <laughs> I know you don't drink. <laughs> I know you don't drink, but uh, would you like? My girlfriend's got an old Nuva ring. Yeah, it's, it's, it, that was how the interview was essentially, because I was like, "So when you're not at the gym, what other gym type stuff do you do?" So you you work out, yeah. You like to go to the gym, and so when you go to the gym, you work out. Yeah, and when you when yeah. you when you drive home, you like get from your car and you put on your impact. And you get, and it's like, obviously, what she does, it's amazing. She has great programs. I haven't paid for one of her programs. Did it for two weeks. Lost 12 pounds. Felt great. It was awesome. Good stuff she has there. But from a personality standpoint, just didn't know what to ask her about, really. And it was just so awkward, especially because that was, like, my second phone interview ever, with my first being three hours earlier. And that one was also bad because I could hear them laughing when they thought I hung up. What was it? <laughs> It was fucking, it was uh, Justina, Josh Murray, and Michelle Watterson. And I was just nervous. So that was my bad. But like, they laughed, Valentine's delays. they laughed at me after, but I was like, I deserve that. It, it, it felt that bad. <laughs> well, okay, fair. I, I'm one of those people where it's like, people will like, make fun of me of like, you know what? You got a point there. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but, I self-deprecate like, enough that I'm like, oh. <laughs> like a pencil, you got a point. <laughs> <laughs> now, who's been your best interview? My best? Um, it's got to be. A which is, and they're connected because they're exes. It's Marlon. From real world Portland, which sucks because he he could have he could do so much better on the challenge now. He's like a total fitness know. junkie. He's kind of too. He's kind of he he looks a little too big to me. I don't know if it's functional towards what the challenge wants or like you know what's conducted to. It. And and Jemmy, Jemmy's my queen. I love Jemmy. Jemmy is so good with fans and just being such a good person. Yeah. And that, like, the way she just responds to people. Because 
I've never had that relationship with Jemmy. Uh, and so many people just go to bat for her. And it's like, she's just so caring. And that's something that I can really appreciate because people who actually fans are so huge. Uh, not to knock on Jenna again, but I think Jenna could have been like one of the biggest stars the show's ever had based on the way they were pushing her like three, four years ago. But yep. Jenna never showed that she cared about the fans. Like, and that's like the big problem because the challenge is such a fan-oriented show. She doesn't the, show that she cares about the show at all, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, again, another person people don't like, Brittany, Brittany Thornton, for a long time there, was having a good relationship with the fans when she was first on the show. And people would actually be fans of her, which sounds crazy now with everything that she's done. But in the time period, people were like, oh, yeah, Stan Brittany. And uh, like, I'm like, no, she's really good at working and talking to fans and less so at being good at being on the show. Because if you watch the show, she's not doing much. But her fans are talking about her because she interacts with them. Yeah. She's like, she's sort of like a hot mess, like, uh, like Maddie. She, her, when I mentioned like illiterate type uh, interviews, hers was a bit, because I did interview her at one point, but she has to be blocked now. Hers was a, was a little. Yeah. 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 I think she might've been a little intoxicated because some, some of the senses weren't coming all together and I had to guess what she was saying. It's not surprising. I think she, <laughs> she feels like another person that like, if I was in a house with her, I probably wouldn't get along with her or I would get along with her and. It would be too much for everyone. See, I'm too. F- I I I'd get along with everyone just because I'm I'm used to uh, managing people's egos. I guess I don't know. <laughs> oh, I would just look like Jim from The Office. I'd be like, huh. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, my best interview was Jordan. Uh, really? Thing, yeah, it was just. I, I get why people hate Jordan because he's obviously, you know, he, he, he's self-admitted. Like, you know, he's a bit of a dick. And the stuff he did on Real World with Naya are just, like, you know, kind of it's kind of disgraceful. At the same time, to me, I don't think people give him enough credit for trying to be better. Because there is, yeah. like, the childhood state. It's, like, the thing is, like, are you? Are you mad that you get caught that you got caught or are you mad that you did it? And I feel like Jordan is more on the side that he's mad that he did it. And he's obviously, you know, he's a he's politically conservative from like, you know, he grew up politically conservative, but I think he's more conscientious as a conservative than a lot of liberals actually are. If you look at the people he surrounds himself with, with the lifestyle he lives, everything that he does, it's it's very socially conscious in my opinion. And to say to label him a racist, I mean, you, that, that, that's fair because on real world that's true, but doesn't get enough credit in my opinion for just being a more thoughtful person than he gets credit for. I wouldn't, and I don't know. I feel like I don't, I don't have the uh, the background to say this um, as a white person. I don't, I wouldn't label Jordan as a racist. I would label him as somebody that has made uh, racist comments. Yeah, I agree. In the, in the same I, sense just, that the D, the D made racially insensitive comments. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing: I'm not, I'm not black, so they they can label him racist if they want. That to me, that's fine. Oh yeah, but I'm not. Uh, me personally, you know, as a proud Latino man, I I think he's, I think he's someone who wants to learn. I think he will. He actually does care. 
even if he does come off a bit pretentious at times. And when I interviewed him, he talked a lot about, you know, because the, the, his company was doing the masks for COVID and they were donating masks during that time. And he was talking about the safety of the workers. And he was going into really big detail of how just the whole lineup is going, how how they hire people, how they're able to, you know, get people paid, stuff like that, and make sure it's all safe. And he is very detail-oriented and he cares about stuff like that. And it's way more thoughtful than most challenges will ever be in their life. And I found that really impressive. Also, he would shoot from the hip as well. He wasn't he was to say things that other competitors weren't. I mean, he knows that uh, people hate him for the turbo stuff, and he was very willing to say that turbo was the most overrated competitor and go into detail and really just explain it. Well, I with the whole turbo Jordan thing, I think that turbo has an entirely different uh, like idea of like social normities based yeah. on his culture. And he's like, you will not copy my walk. And I'm like, that's that's Conor McGregor. That's what he's doing, the, the billionaire strut. He's not copying your yeah, walk. My, my thing with Turbo was that uh, I think I think people built him up too much to be a superhero that he began to believe he was yeah. actually a superhero. I mean, I don't know. If I make, like, three shots on the basketball court, I think I can't ever miss again. So I get it, but... You know, it's it was rough. Uh, and, yeah, Jordan, Jordan was just one of the best. And I interviewed Tori the next week, and she was good, too, but nowhere near it. And then also, Honorable mentioned someone I didn't talk about earlier, Ashley. Because she called me honey, like, 87 times. And every time she called me honey, my heart warmed. I've never interviewed her, but she's, like, on Twitter with the fans. She's great. She interacts yeah, it was with just <laughs> Wrapping up now. Nikki, tell them where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Nikki Sin. And you can find me just on the on that World Wide Web on www.thenikkisin.com. Oh, so you have a book right now. I do have a book. I wrote a book. It's a poetry book. It's called The Anxiety Diaries Part One. Or sorry, book one. Past. Um, it's available on Amazon. It's worldwide. I was about to grab it from my room right now, but it's a little too far. I, I was, like, <laughs> going to reach for it, but... Yeah. I have it next to Halsey's poetry book right now, which is amazing. And if for some reason Halsey's also listening to this, I love you. <laughs> Her poetry book is amazing, and I'm, like, inspired because I'm, like, I'm ready to write book two. Because I'm going to write book two. I will second this. When I'm, when I'm road tripping next month. So I'm seconding this. Halsey, I also love you. Oh, what a queen. <laughs> she does no wrong. No wrong. And you can find me at the Alan Aguirre on Twitter. Technically on Instagram as well, but I don't really use my Instagram that much. I put some dank memes on there, like at the beginning of the year, or like at the beginning of COVID, and then gave up after day four or day five. You can also find me on Medium at thealanaguirre.medium.com, and that's where you'll find my challenge articles. Heck and yeah. also, caffeineconfessionals.com. That's going to be our website for our podcast feed once we get this on places like Spotify and Google Play and stuff like that. So that's where you'll find us. Please subscribe to this page because we're going to be putting out a lot of content. A lot of content. Between like, the two like of us? Yeah, just too much. Overflow. So 
Hope you guys have a good day. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Heck yeah!